1: Gamers are a notoriously fickle bunch, and when games cost as much as they do it's kind of fair enough. One glance at a 65 Metacritic score can be enough for all interest in a game to completely evaporate. Now there are plenty of games that most people proclaim to be terrible without ever having actually played them, like E.T. and Big Rigs, that totally live down to the hype, but sometimes the game's bad reputation precedes it, when in reality it's actually pretty damn good. I'm Jess from WhatCulture and here are 10 video games you wrongly assume are terrible. Number 10. Knack Knack was the PS4's big launch day platforming beat-em-up, widely touted as the next Crash Bandicoot, as it came from the franchise's executive producer Mark Cerny. Even Knack's defenders will admit that it's not the Crash Bandicoot follow-up many were hoping for, making it an immediate disappointment to many. Critics also expressed disinterest in the plot and harshly criticized the game for its sparse checkpoint placement. Now while Knack may not be the most brilliant or memorable PS4 launch title, it's a perfectly enjoyable platformer all the same, albeit one you'd probably not want to have paid full price for. What really sets Knack apart from other games isn't so much any of its central mechanics, but rather the surprising level of difficulty for something largely aimed at children. The boss fights are fun and imaginative, and though the checkpoint system does occasionally frustrate, it's simply nice to have a platformer that doesn't handhold the player throughout. The Metacritic score of 54 is thoroughly undeserved. Number 9. Goat Simulator This one really speaks for itself. You play as a goat who's tasked with causing as much wanton destruction as possible. There's not much else to it. Anyone who's taken a quick glance at Goat Simulator will probably assume it's another piece of indie shovelware trash dumped on Steam to try and make a quick buck off its name above all else. People can't really be faulted on that assumption, to be honest, because the game kind of revels in its own perceived awfulness. Irony can only take the game so far, and while there's something perversely entertaining about playing a so bad it's good game, Goat Simulator is also a genuinely entertaining title in its own right. Sure, the graphics are just okay and the physics are utterly disastrous, but personality goes a long way, and this is one charming game. Even with its absurdly janky gameplay mechanics, Goat Simulator is an absolute blast, even when you strip away the social media buffoonery and just revel in its sandbox mayhem. Once you fling the goat onto a trampoline, you'll never look back. Number 8. Black and White Black and White was Peter Molyneux's enormously hyped 2001 God Game, where the player rules over an island, can answer the prayers or not of the tribes who live there, and can even get their own pet. Because it always ends up on most overrated lists and Peter Molyneux's toxic reputation as an overpromiser and under-deliverer has unfortunately retrospectively tainted the consensus of many of his games. Despite the enormous hype and strong reviews it scored a whopping 90 on Metacritic, nobody ever really talks about the game anymore. Black and White is actually one of Molyneux's few post-bullfrog games that actually mostly delivered on its promises, even if it wasn't quite as developed in some areas as expected, and didn't really grab the player long term. Still, it was hugely groundbreaking at the time of release, and the god mechanics remain ludicrously entertaining. Number 7. Brink This one was Splash Damage's innovative parkour-based FPS that emphasized slick movement alongside the usual shooter thrills. People assume it's terrible because Brink was disappointing. There's no getting around that. The game was well marketed and looked to be a serious breath of fresh air at the time when the FPS genre had never felt more rote and charmless. The bugs the minimal content and poor AI do undeniably detract from the overall experience, resulting in the game hurriedly being viewed as a failure by a large amount of gamers. Still, Brink wasn't the disaster that so many dramatic gamers like to insist it is. Yes, it had a shaky launch and fell shy of expectations, but that didn't stop it being a stylish, fast-paced, entertaining FPS if you were smart enough to keep your expectations tempered and then lower them a little once it actually came out. Sadly, the multiplayer community died off pretty quickly, so nowadays the game exists largely through a small network of hardcore fans. What a sad fate for a solid, if flawed, shooter. Number 6. Spec Ops The Line Spec Ops The Line was Jaeger Development's 2012 military third-person shooter about the psychological toils of war. Spec Ops was regrettably marked as a generic down-the-line shooter with little more to offer beyond that familiarity. As a result, gamers were largely turned off by it, and the game was a commercial flop, causing most to write it off and never give it a second thought. Spec Ops may look like your standard flag-waving military shooter, but it's actually a surprisingly intelligent, thoughtful game about the nature of war and also of modern game design. Without giving anything away, the game has a few narrative slides of hand ready to ensure you're left with plenty to think about. It also features one of the most disturbing and unforgettable scenes in gaming history, where the player launches a white phosphorus attack that accidentally decimates dozens of innocents. What could have been a fairly familiar shooter is instead re- invented as one of the most cerebral and pleasantly surprising war games ever made. Call of Duty could take a few pointers here. Conker's Bad Fur Day is Rare's unforgettable 2001 action platformer about a crude, boozy squirrel looking to make it home to his sexy squirrel girlfriend. Plenty of people thought it was bad because it sold horribly for one, and a ton of gamers will take one look at Conker fighting a poo monster and decide this game is too childish for them. Conker receives strong reviews despite poor sales, and it's an absolute must-play for pop culture hounds, because the references to classic movies in particular are both plentiful and brilliant throughout. Plus, with the game now being part of Xbox One's Rare Replay collection, you have no excuse not to. Yes, the camera could use some work and not every gag lands, but it's ferociously imaginative and easily one of the N64's best games overall. Number four, WWE All-Stars. THQ's WWE game that takes the larger-than-life world of professional wrestling and makes it even bigger, with wildly exaggerated character models and physics-defying finishing moves. This one came and went really quickly, and though it received solidly positive reviews, it's still sniffed at by a lot of wrestling game enthusiasts for its lack of realism and moving far away from the simulation aspect of the mainline WWE games. Also, the small moveset and lack of features were widely lambasted. All-Stars is an undeserving black sheep in the wrestling game canon, though, if at least held to be miles ahead of proper turkeys like WCW Backstage Assault. Still, the criticism is largely unwarranted, because while All-Stars probably wasn't a value-filled purchase at full retail price, it is a fun, frothy, gleefully over-the-top brawler that's a pleasant return to the arcadey wrestling games of yesteryear. Sure, it's not bursting with features and the gameplay is very simple, but sometimes that's all you want. The graphics are pretty damn awesome too, and in what other wrestling game can you have CM Punk take on Andre the freaking giant? Number three, Silent Hill Downpour. Silent Hill Downpour is the final core entry into the Silent Hill series to date, following yet another poor sap trapped in the nightmarish titular town as he attempts to make his escape. Even reliable fans of the franchise didn't show much interest in this one, and the reviews were extremely mixed, with many expressing a distaste for the emphasis on combat and wide-open exploration. Developer Vatra Games folded mere months after Downpour came out, which pretty much tells you how well it sold, or rather, didn't sell. Of the core SH games, it's generally accepted to be the worst. Downpour is admittedly a far cry from the heights of the series, but to completely dismiss it based on that notion is totally absurd. The combat is certainly no less clumsy than it was in the earlier games, and the emphasis still remains on atmosphere and suspense above all else. Plus, the otherworld sections of the game are arguably some of the most surreal, visually striking and intense sequences in the entire series. It's plenty flawed, sure, but it dares to try something a little different, and hell, the story's better than Homecoming's, so that's something. Number 2. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand This one was a sequel to 2005's widely maligned shooter, 50 Cent Bulletproof. Blood on the Sand once again puts the player in the shoes of 50 Cent as he pursues a high-value artifact stolen from him by Middle Eastern terrorists. Yeah, really. Why do you assume it's terrible? Well, because to be honest, it sounds pretty terrible. And Bulletproof was an utter train wreck. So why expect anything more than a lame cash grab this time around? Nobody has any expectations whatsoever for a video game revolving entirely around Fiddy's ego trip. And it's pretty hard to blame them. Most people hated it without even checking out reviews because it seemed like a foregone conclusion. In part, a sure testament to the benefit of low expectations, Blood on the Sand is a totally rock-solid shooter that, while hardly reinventing the wheel, is a good deal better than anyone could have imagined. It's action-packed, high-octane, and delivers the basic goods. And if Fiddy wasn't such an egomaniac, we'd probably want him to know it too. Number 1. Spore Spore is Maxis's hugely anticipated god sim, which allowed players to cultivate a species from its inception all the way to becoming a highly advanced spacefaring civilization. Almost any time Spore is brought up in discussions online, it's inevitably followed by the proclamation that it was a crushing disappointment and its mere existence an affront to humanity. Criticisms are primarily directed at the simple minigames and features removed from the final version of the game that was previously demoed, as well as a general consensus that it didn't live up to the astronomical hype. Spore may not have been the masterpiece we were all hoping for The space level is obviously the crowning achievement here, and the other four minigames don't really live up to that level of excellence, but it is still an enjoyable outing on the whole, once you've stripped it away from the gaming industry's hype machine.